Welcome, everyone. This is WSQF Blinker Radio with yours truly, Mac on the Rock, with the radio socialists who wants to be called Ale. And Ale happens to be the name of my firstborn grandson. So what an honor to have what I hope will not happen to my grandson, that he grows up to become... He might be worse. He might grow up to be a socialist. He might be worse, in all honesty, at the rate. So how are you today? I'm doing good. Um, Did you fight traffic to get here? No, I walk, because I also live... Oh, so you've been on the key this whole time. That's why... Here on Blink Radio Key Biscayne. The noise you hear in the background has to be reduced because we were we are late today for this reason, to listen to uh, Zelensky speaking in English as the Cold War President Joe Biden saves his presidency with a huge age, I mean, just ageless president who can honestly say he's still in the Cold War because he doesn't, he doesn't know we got out of the Cold War. He probably doesn't know that the Berlin Wall is no longer around, but... He looks quite uh, quite like uh, a steward of American diplomacy, f- saving Zelensky from Putin. You know what that reminds me of? Um, I always thought it was really weird that liberals wanted... No, you can't use that word on the show. The, the only word that's worthless in the dictionary that means absolutely nothing is weird. Sure. Going on from that. Aside from like. I thought it was more or less absurd that... Liberals would try to criticize Trump for, quote-unquote, getting along with dictators. And stand, keeping us out of war. Yeah, because... That it, was his motivation. Well, it, 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 Or do you it, debate that, too? No, it's preposterous for two reasons. No, no I, I would agree with that. So uh, now, that we're out of war, di- now that we were out of war for four years, you kind of feel like we should be back in war like we are now. Not really. Um, I, I, what's, so interest, what's so interesting, more or less, about the Russia-Ukraine situation is that I feel people don't give enough credit to Putin's propaganda machine, where this is just such a naked... Why would we give credit? Oh, because I, I encounter a lot of people. That's an evil... I encounter a lot of people who really consider this like, oh, it's a very complicated situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys like to rationalize. You liberals like to rationalize with our enemies. They're communists. They have no rationale. They have to exist so that people like you can like them. And they have to exist by force, by I mean, the Russia sword. Russia is a nakedly fascist country right now, is what I would say. Putin fascist? Yeah. I, uh, won't, I, deba- say I won't debate that. It's an. It's pretty much, um, you know, in character, it's run by more or less a mobster state. Um, like and, Cuba. Yeah. All the way down to the ground. Hasn't gone down to the ground yet because we do business with them. And Cuba is uh, sustaining itself on American aid. You know, they just get aid. Uh, they say there's an embargo against Cuba. There's food going in there every day. And the little that, that the people are eating, they're getting in one way or another from vendors in the United States. And if they get, if they reach their uh, their cap, then they send the aid through Panama, Mexico, and other parts. And Americans still get aid to Cuba because it means money. Money, money, money. I read I, I a do, meme today that I do so, want to see a return to the Obama attitude um, toward Cuba. Please. Is, I think, what would be the best. That, that was yeah, just, I gave him credit for that. Well, there, no credit is deserved because all he did was appease the people that made him stronger. When you lift the embargo, I thought all he, you do is you send money for them to continue to incarcerate, I to mean, slaughter. how many other countries are we enabling? Um, I think Saudi Arabia is a pretty tyrannical country that we're also enabling. Um, there's like a good deal 
of countries that we just straight up enable. Uh, Qatar was a big one, you know. The kingdom. Yeah. So. Hey, man, you got to hand it to them. Those two topless Argentines who showed their <laughs> boobs after the victory, they let them out of the country without charges. That was would have been a PR fiasco had they put them in jail or something. So more or less, it's, for me, when I hear a I lot mean, of so In other words, we can honestly say this session is going to be called Boobs Rule. I, I do feel like when I hear the left and right, more or less, a lot of times talk about U.S. foreign policy, a lot of it feels really disingenuous because I feel like both sides aren't really fessing up to what they really want to play their hand with here, more or less. You know, a country doesn't get credit if it manages to do a social good. It's more important that it's flavored a certain way, you know. Yeah, to fit a, a narrative. Yeah, it, not only a narrative, but like this weird ideological project. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, why I would, isn't would, that uh, Obama and his ideological ideological project towards Cuba? How come it doesn't apply? Because I I don't Obama was so aggressive with his foreign policy and so enabling of bad actors in the government, such as Hillary Clinton to do certain acts of aggression. I felt when Cuba happened, you know, I had a lot of people in co my college friendships running after me. It's like, can you believe this? Because they knew I was the biggest radical on the campus. And it's like, can you believe this? It's like, isn't this terrible? Like, and I was like, Be no. specific, though, to let the audience know what are you talking about? I was talking about when Obama kind of... Not kind of, he must have. He must have opened up borders, like opened up trade, not trade, but traveling back to Cuba. Which Absolutely. I, the I cruise thought, ship started flying out of Miami. and I, I Mostly out of Tampa because it's kind of hectic here. I thought that was like... You know, here you'd have <laughs> boycotts at the Port of Miami terminal. Like, as we previously discussed on this show, the, the best way that we can sort of play into the paranoia of the Cuban government is just doing what they accuse us of doing. And, and that's I not true. They're communists. Well, I, I immediately think after the... Forcing, um, forcing Allende, allow me to speak properly, forcing Allende into committing suicide and putting Pinochet in his place immediately after um, his democratic election, out of the paranoia Allende's. that... Allende. Out of the paranoia that he might have been a communist. Um, Why do you say he might? Because he was a social democrat. He was just a center-left person. Um, oh, yeah, like Biden, like Biden and Obama and all the rest. Of um, Castro actually said, arm yourself because they're coming to kill you. And Allende was like, no, democracy must stand. That was and, not true. He disarmed the Cuban people first and foremost like all communists do. But no, Castro told Allende to arm himself. Oh, so you've got to be yeah, yeah. very clear. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. I misunderstand you. No, no, no. You. But thank, thank you for allowing me to... to clarify that. Clarify, yeah. So, yeah, he know, knew. And then um, Kissinger just outright admits that this is too important for the Chileans to have their own democracy. you got to let that go because you're going to ruin okay, it. Okay, yeah, sorry. I fiddle. Um, yeah, for for fiddle. Those, who, those who don't know, I was I playing with one of the cables connected to the microphone. Um, okay, how about you can fiddle this? You can go like sure. this. Yeah. So to me, when I, I see an action like that taken by the United States, I, I fear it gives the most paranoid impulses in the Cuba regime every excuse to continue what they're doing. No. Yeah. You're wrong. They're going to do whatever the hell they want all the time, 60-something years. Why? Because Latin Americans and the world around for the longest time might not be so today. You know, it gets tiring after a while, 60 years, 62 to be exact, is 
to appease a communist that stands up to the great imperial power that is the United States it was fashionable throughout the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, 2000s, 2010. Now the world has realized, oh, my God, uh, now it's in our front door. The commies are here. But I, I think that and the Brazilians And they deserve- water our garden and have stolen all the flowers. I think Brazil deserves credit for this reason. Yeah, for uh, electing a, a convicted scumbag. No, because they still have democracy. They don't. Like they, they've, been, they've been managing to they do don't. the nationalization. People are in the street for a reason. They've been managing to do the nationalization process while still keeping it democratic. You had a very. Do you far- realize how ludicrous that sounds? No, because I, I think it's a perfectly fair. Nationalizing process. industries is democratic. Oh, that sounds. If r- it's voted upon, yeah. If it's voted upon, so if, if the United States all of a sudden woke up today and nationalized the petroleum companies, I mean, you guys should the not people be said so. Your side should not be complaining because after you think Lula's we party, put that up after Lula's party was out, Brazil did what America does: is that they want to elect the complete opposite of the last guy. They elected Bolsonaro, you know, and then they were no, we'd rather go back. I mean, that's democracy in action, you know. And that's and the that good thing about uh, democracy is that there's a certain amount of chaos that's always at play, right? That's true, and that. You know, sometimes a previous administration makes a mistake, and the next guy makes his own mistakes, but he manages to course correct with one. So, I, I'm a big democracy guy. I'm big up front of that, and that gets me in trouble with the left. I don't think elect. I don't think paying off votes, getting gangs out there to get votes to to intimidate people in the streets of you know very poor. Remember, this is. I mean, I mean the United States is poor. Uh, third world is really poor. That's you ha- buy votes with crackers in the in the third world. And Lula bought votes. He got caught buying votes uh, with the computer and the security and uh, all the BS around elections these days. It's very easy to rig elections. I'm very going to fact specific- check that and let's come back to that. Well, you're going to fact check what? Um, if he was like just straight up buying votes like that. Oh yeah, they busted the video. I, I, the video shows I, he. I want to look into the corruption charges he got because those. Did, no, no, this is, those this did is... occur. But I do think what's important is that on the world stage concerning Latin America is the more that we did these sorts of things, such as in Guatemala, such in Panama. But you're kind of like archaic already. Where, where is where did the Sandinista, so... where did the Sandinistas happen? When is the where, where, where did they happen? Nicaragua. In Nicaragua. When these things happen, you know. The countries end up left. The, the, um, it, it gives Castro every excuse and his family. He doesn't need an excuse. Bunker. He has the same power. Stick yeah, it to the but US. Like if, he, if the U.S. is not doing these things, US if, it's not not a, if the U.S. Finger. does not look like the international bad guy on the world stage, it's much harder to have this position. No matter what you say about communists. The United States is always going to look to a communist what they choose fit. At the moment, they choose fit. The world will always, freedom-loving world, that actually uh, has at least 50% of the country that believes in God, not government, they will always see America as the great divider between tyranny and freedom. All that other stuff you talk is all communist propaganda. The United States supports 70% of the world's dictatorships. Absolutely. There are places where, like, for instance, we talked about Saddam Hussein, where where democracy doesn't stand a chance, like Afghanistan, like Iraq. Uh, Miracle that it, it, it stands a chance in Israel, but nowhere else in the Middle East can you actually think of a democracy. America's wrong when it came to 
imposing democracy on some cultures that don't want to be free. They're too savage, too tribal, too uh, bent, hell-bent in their ways, usually because of poverty. Therefore, they can't sustain freedom because they can't handle that, the only, me- that mess you talk about. The only place that Poor I countries think can't the handle country the, the ebb and flow the, of craziness. Without the comment of barbarism, the only country that I feel this was really, really visible that this happened was in the attempt to demo- you know, set up a democratic government in Iraq. There was way too much tension. If I recall properly. Oh, remember the two tribes, the yeah, Sunni and exactly. Shiite tribes, and those little ones that are in Iraq. There are smaller tribes that I don't know their names, so I won't say them because I can't make the stuff up. But they don't like each other. Thousands of years of hatred between Sunni and Shia. And uh, Bush, like you said, um, I can't really argue the fact that he wanted to clean the mess that his father left undone. And uh, September 11th gave him the excuse. But what I want, if I can run really back to Obama, and the reason I'm saying this and why I feel like my point's consistent is because I remember when Obama, you know, was letting people back in, I thought... Back in? To Cuba, from travel to the United States, I thought Raul looked really bad on the world stage because he was getting up there, he was getting mad, and it's like there's nothing he could do about it because, you know... The United States can't look like the big bad guy when it's like, look, we are blessing you with the tourism industry. You know, you have man, a tendency not- that you need to somehow uh, grow out of is sincere gestures and public pronouncements. Raul, at the time of Obama lifting those travel restrictions, there was a huge deal between Verizon, T-Mobile, and AT&T to get fiber optics into Cuba. With that became the harsh reality that say, that told them flat out, either you accept it in a normal way where you can tax it and you can somehow be vigilant of the new cell phone tra- traffic that's coming your way, or we do this clandestinely through literally travel restrictions being lifted, uh, aid being offered after Hurricane Ike. Um, remember, they refused aid after Ike, but they did accept food stuff, you know, chicken. Yeah, but Cuban meat. internet sucks. It does. And it so, only goes to the Communist Party. To my point, but that, that, you that's lift the, the embargo, is that, is that, the people will never have internet, only the Communist Parties will. Sometimes they turn on the internet in homes, because I know uh, literally live communications I have seen live from Cuba, and they're in someone's living room, but as soon as they start saying things, and all of a sudden goes, goodbye. That's why I feel that using Article 5 of the Treaty of Relations as it pertains to Guantanamo the, is to run the fiber optic, which already exists in Guantanamo under the bay. That's been the story. Under the ocean. That's been the story of the 21st century. Send, send people internet through Guantanamo. I think, Why does Ukraine get Starlink satellites and not Cubans? Think about that. Very easy, but that that it. What, what you, you're going to tell you me oh, because no, of the no, no, embargo. No. What you described is the story so far of the 21st century. The United States has done this to dissidents too. Like one thing that I do, I, I'm happy to see some people who I disagree with strongly on the right is their continued defense of Julian Assange for his persecution, which is essentially was just publishing things the United He's, States did uh, not. That is want. very true. He was a journalist. So, like, I feel. They this, treated him like he hacked that information. No, it was handed to him by someone who hacked it. Like he, and uh, many people, I suppose. Yeah. 
you know, um, Edward Snowden was another thing that comes to mind. Both um, of them. And I wouldn't surprise if Snowden, there is some tie between the two of them, although there's no proof of that. I haven't heard it. Maybe you have. Chelsea Manning as well was just straight up persecuted for just releasing a video. No, and the other freak, uh, the other freak that, uh, uh, no, Chelsea Manning, that's yeah. who uh, Obama gave the uh, Taliban five uh, incarcerating uh, in Guantanamo and handed them over like this freak did with, uh, with handing over a boot. The arms dealer. It's the same appeasement, man. It's disgusting. And meanwhile, there he Chelsea is, the Cold War guy. You don't think Chelsea Manning should have been let out? Not for f- five Taliban terrorists. Absolutely not. I don't think she was let out for that. I think yeah, she was. She was exchanged for the Taliban five. I thought Obama... Oh. And he stood there with the mother and the father, and Chelsea was not there, but the parents were. And he stood there in the Rose Garden, and he handed over five scumbags. Chelsea was locked up by the government. Of Iraq. The United States. Oh, because... You're, you're getting confused. So, Chelsea Manning, um, she, was she the transitioned. One. She transitioned yeah. during this process, which yeah. is probably getting you a little bit confused. She had released... Just Google she, it. She had released... Uh, she had given some videos to, I believe, was it Glenn Greenwald? Could have been Glenn. Yeah, it could have been Glenn. Yeah. But she released the videos of the United States, in all due fairness, accidentally killing foreign journalists in the belief yeah, that and they friendly were... friendly fire. Yeah. So, no. That's... Okay, wait a second. Let's see here. We're going to ask good old Google. No, we're going to ask YouTube. Um, Taliban, Taliban 5. Yeah, I remember the Taliban 5 now. Now yes, it's coming back. Exchange but I was like, it... 4. Exchanged. There just would be no reason to exchange someone that they've locked up. No, no, it was a military person. Yeah. Exchange 4. Give me some results, man. Taliban for Bergdahl. That's who the guy was. All right. So this is our first experiment. Taliban caretaker includes former Guantanamo prisoners. <laughs> American soldier Bo Bergdahl, held by the Taliban, is freed. So here we go. One minute. Ready, folks? This is the new experiment here on Blinker Radio 94.5. Let's see if I don't have to hear the ad, but there he is. For five years, American soldier Bo Bergdahl had been held by the Taliban in Afghanistan. There's a video now, of him. he's a free man after being handed over and in exchange GI for tags. five Afghan detainees held at Guantanamo Bay. The 28-year-old was captured in June 2009 in eastern Afghanistan under unknown circumstances. He'd only been in the country two months. After his capture, this video was released. Please bring me home. Please. Now he's on his way home after being handed over to U.S. Special Forces by the Taliban near the border with Pakistan. He's understood to be in good condition. Baghdad's release follows years of on-off negotiations between the U.S. and the Taliban, with the government of Qatar serving as a go-between. The five Afghan detainees will be delivered to Qatar. The Qatari government said it would make sure that U.S. national security was not in danger ah, taking them. They're running the Taliban government as we speak. All five of them are heroes. Got a hero's welcome. Ended up on the battlefield. Ended up at the top of the Taliban government as we speak today on WSQFradio.com. 
And I'm happy to report that that was the first YouTube video that didn't have commercials. How about that, Maples? So, as you can see, we're you can always count on on Democrats to appease our enemies to the point where eventually we're going to regret every move. I mean, we've we ever can't made. have it both ways. We can't have that the Democrats are now the party of warmongers and then simultaneously no one's be, accused of that. The party. Yeah, the the rights accused the Democrats of being warmongers. I think they're right. I think war. they're right under today's uh, economic forecast for our future of. of American people who are starving out there, really hurting by the policies of this administration that was, you know, to some degree affected by COVID and was being fixed by Trump. Uh, these policies are hurting American people. So naturally, $44, 50000000000 billion going, I don't forgot how many they announced today, uh, really has its benefits, which I said at the beginning of the show. It makes Biden a Cold War-looking statesman. It doesn't require him to do much other than to watch great American technology designed, developed, and brought to the marketplace by capitalism, by the private sector, not the government, and showing the world that we can fight without using our soldiers. And tomorrow's wars probably will just be through goggles and toggle sticks. You know, in silos in the United States, sending drones, playing. Imagine unarmed F F twenty two fighter jet without a pilot. That's probably going to happen. I mean, that's a, the fighter uh, jets without pilots has already been happening. I, I bet since the Bush administration, pretty much. I would say that there's got to be some out there somewhere. I don't see why not. I don't know how they would fight a dog fight with a with a human on the other side fighting them in the sky. But I'm sure there's some technology that makes it very clear that you ain't catching me. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, these fighter jets are probably, they probably fly by themselves anyway, even with a human on it. But sooner or later, it's the human that will have to judge what's friendly fire, what should be shot upon, and what shouldn't be. And I can't see that happening without some kind of form of communication between two humans. So what I found... Is um, relating to Lula. What I found relating to Lula. Is oh, not, back to Lula. Here we go. I, I just want to do a quick fact check. Is I look back, I didn't find anything about Lula buying votes, but I did find accusations made by someone who worked for him that he was taking monies to pay for personal expenses. Yeah, these videos that I saw did not show him. Obviously, showed his higher ups. Um, offering money for a, an organizer to get a bunch of votes for them, I guess in a neighborhood, neighborhood by neighborhood. Um, and it was on audio and video. Let's see here. Yeah, but, but even this claim that's been arise, that's been taken against them, um, little proof has been shown. But th- this, this is the closest thing that I could follow in his involvement. Um, that was similar to the claim you made. Um, you know, the, the guy's a communist and he's a delinquent and he should be in jail forever. He should have never gotten out of jail. And uh, quite frankly, the saddest thing about communism is the only thing it understands is bullets. Bullets and extreme... Uh, I mean, he, he's managed to do all of this without really killing massive amounts of people, like you're claiming. Who? Lula. 
I, I think we don't know how many people died in this election. I really don't, but they're coming. Well, well, that, that's a great way. Wait, wait. I, I don't know is a great way to make claims. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. In Cuba, in Cuba, we don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There is, there is a. It's like it's, I don't know. I don't know. I, you, I, I you don't know? know. All right, Lua by I, votes in Brazil. How I, many? I, I, how many have died? How many I, have I, I don't died? Know. I don't know. That, that that's a great way. It, it, well, I mean, you're, that, you're, that's the, we, you're also we, ignoring. We make claims based on what we know. We we that's how. Yeah, and you believe that ten people died in China over the COVID? I mean, come on, like ten million maybe, but not ten. Uh, China just said that recently. I mean, we don't know. In a communist country, you don't get the information that you Brazil think Brazil is not a communist country. All it, not yet. It, it has a democracy. It, it, just it has elected, a democracy. Well, which. Everyone from different political stripes are last, allowed last to participate. Last time Lula was elected, it became quite communist. Thank God no, he was uh, under it arrest. It was very fashionable for outside capitalists to invest in the country and businesses. By no means was it a communist country. What he had successfully done was implement a way to redistribute a lot more wealth. Ooh, sounds like communism to me. But you're right. We won't call it communism Stalinist style. We'll call it... Democratic socialism. I'm fine with that. Radio dissidents. You, 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 you get no disagreement from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I put here, Lula buys wool. how many died during the campaign? Let's see what happens. Because you gotta, you got to start experimenting with search stuff to get videos you want. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. massive. you, you got to go and look for the evidence you want. That's a good way is to... you. I keep I, on I, getting the BBC <laughs> news, so that means that that's the one that's seen the most. And uh, why, why share that with the audience when they, it's such such a popular? We we we. That's not a way. It how I, that's not how I do research. I look at the facts. I let the facts present themselves to me, and I change my conclusions and my worldview based on how the facts guide me. Mm. I am a fact first type of man. I believe it was a once. Person who worked for the Daily Wire in Breitbart who said facts do not care about your feelings. That is true. That's true. That's a big problem for you. It's not a problem for me. I can give us give a rat's butt about how poor someone feels he is and how wrong he feels. Hey man, get out of poverty. I watched my father do it. I, nobody can give me that one because my father came here poor and he made it and only and only in America style. And I can't stand. Poor people tell me they didn't make it. Why? Because... I mean, some poor people just aren't going to make it, though. Yes. Some people don't have the faculty. Some people don't have the opportunities. Some people don't probably put their best face forward and get robbed by partners, by the market, by the timing. There's, uh, like, for instance, I could complain about, wow, all this effort to put up this radio station when the truth is a podcast is, is my competitor. And podcasts are super popular, and anybody with a computer with a little camera on it can do it. And here I am with antennas, permits, building, stadium, a studio, and all that. But guess what? It's not a podcast. And that's a big difference between WSQS 94.5 and all those podcasts out there. I could have done this at home with a podcast and just invited you over. But no, we did it in a studio, and you kind of like the surroundings here in the studio, don't you? Hey, these are good mics. I think you could make a good podcast with the studio. You can make it. People yeah. have. Yeah. People have done it in here because of the way I built it. It's very photogenic in here. All the walls are blue. 
and I, I eliminate the claustrophobia with the with the the negatives on. Um, um, For those uh, who can't see, in the top of his uh, studio, studio, he has little palm trees and clouds coming from the lights, and it. it, it, it as the kids say, it's a good vibe. It's a it's good vibe, vibe, man. It's it's, it looks vibe. like it, it gives the appearance of a sunroof. So you look up and you're seeing clouds and palm trees um, that are negatives over LED lights. So it's really it's psychedelic, man. It's like really cool, dude. <laughs> it's you know like gag me, gag me with a spoon, man. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you got to come over here and check it out. That's the best you're going to get out of this young man. And the old, this old communist I have over here called the Radio Socialist, <laughs> who comes informed from the standpoint of lying to himself. But he does, I must admit, he, he comes informed. He backs his stuff up with stuff that just isn't true. But still, he has <laughs> that desire to tell me that somehow or another, socialism's going to work here. Here in America, it, it's going to take on. I believe it's going to take on its own brand. Like I looked at countries like Vietnam, which had their communist revolt, or even China, but it's not necessarily this pure Marxist utopia. There, they, they still suddenly have to adapt and change to their problems. And he, these are talking about the far, far left. Well, guys. what do you do about the innovation genius of freedom in the private sector that invents stuff? You'll still have that. They just you won't. won't. Run the They'll country. run away. They won't run the country. Oh, they won't run it. So won't, it's the corporatism is the problem you have. Yeah, is uh, that they won't run the country. It's oh, I, I, that's, so you rather have the government run the country? Yeah, I and think it, that's that. That's our big philosophical disagreement that we've been talking about over the show. But my position has proven that I'm correct. Government cannot run a country; it runs it in a matter of chaos. You saw how several states are completely contradicting their state laws, state constitutions, and Crime is ruling in many of the major cities of this country. That's government gone array. Crime has still not risen to the levels that it was in the 90s. Yeah, because it's not here on the key, right? I mean, police. Not just here in the key, but across the country, it is not on the level of the 90s. There was even like a Fox News segment where the guy was like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not true. <gasps> oh, my God. He admitted he watched Fox News. Oh, I do. That's how I got into this. I grew up. I severely miss O'Reilly. Yeah, I, I miss O'Reilly's brand of smug conservatism was so much fun. Of this like New Yorker guy pretending to be like the salt of the earth it was really <laughs> yeah, and interrupting people. Uh, uh, and, Shut up! Uh, yeah, people people are frustrated with him. And man, was he on the top of his game when they took him down? Man, you know, women just went after him. He and, he, he was on his best during the Bush days. He, oh man, I I I, I miss you. I miss you, Papa Bear. I miss you. Yeah, now he's what's he doing? He's uh, he, he was so good that he like inspired a Colbert as like a new figure of gave comedy. Gave him plenty of material. Yeah, no, the, that that was really great. His just like his spliffy lord of like smug way he would just blow people off, and he wore it well. And it for his like in Plus, all due respect, he, he was number one at that time slot for so long that who could blame him? Yeah, you know who can debate him? Actually, ugh, it was terrible to see him go. And um, more sad, I mean, we knew more sad th- was those, watching those claims. Those claims are around for years. Um, more sad was watching well, Megyn Kelly blow blow her career up when I was 14, and get a, a bunch of money to do it. When I was fourteen, I had already really looked back and found um, a lot of those early sexual harassment claims against them. Hmm. So that, that, right, that, so, that uh, actually dates far back. It's just when that was more. How do I say? 
when people when women had more negotiating power in this attitude um in this factor due to the internet and them being able to share these stories more and them realizing that they're not really all making it up and they're all not tall tales that they just tell each other about the workplace he was going to come down as soon as that became like more of a factor in our culture like he he was not going to last You see, you see how when you're shaking your leg and you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what those chairs are supposed yeah. to do. Those chairs I bought, will re, will, we will I no longer a- hear that. I have ADHD, you get, you're folks. Free, you're free to have... So I'm constantly... It, it, you're a fidgeter, yeah. Yeah, I'm a fidgeter. Yeah, yeah. but so am I. Um, I just come in here like, hey, man, what's up? Uh, what happens now? Okay, here we go. From The Economist, I've always liked listening to The Economist. I hope... The, the British, the British paper. Yeah. Uh, as soon as I get through four seconds of commercials, I'm going to play what the British think of this election. Which election? Luis Inacio Lula da Silva has beaten Jair Bolsonaro in the Brazilian election by a razor-thin margin. After a tense and violent campaign, Lula won with 50.9% to Bolsonaro's 49.1%. The closest result since Brazil's return to democratic elections in the 1980s. In protest at the outcome, Bolsonaro-supporting truckers blocked highways across the country. But the president has stayed unusually quiet. What happens now? And what does it mean for Brazil and the world? As Lula's supporters packed Avenida Paulista and celebrated the results of the election, all eyes turned to Bolsonaro, who at the end of the evening still hadn't said anything publicly about the results of the election. He has created doubt for months in the electronic voting system and suggested he wouldn't accept defeat if he loses. Oh, sounds like Trump. However, yeah. a lot of his closest allies, congresspeople and governors and so on, came out and accepted the result. This is a good sign. It means that maybe Bolsonaro will find it harder to create some claim of fraud, which would be bogus. Is this also so the far economist? on social media like Telegram, Bolsonaro supporters are sort of split between a sense of resignation, people saying, you know, it's time for me to move to another country, and uh, these sort of conspiracy theories. Just like that the liberals after Trump got elected. I think they're waiting for a sign from People their be the same. You know, we have to wait and see what Bolsonaro himself says. What will this mean for Lula? Is what the video Lula reads. Lula only won by just above 2 million votes. So just under half of the electorate voted for Bolsonaro. In some cases, this was due to rejection of Lula and a belief that he's corrupt. Just a few years ago, he was in prison for convictions related to the Lava Jato corruption scandal. These convictions were annulled by the Supreme Court, but Lula's legacy is still tainted in the eyes of many Brazilians. In some cases, support for Bolsonaro was due to his tough-on-crime rhetoric, or he is conservative when it comes to religion. But, you know, in any case, I think the support shows that for Brazil, right-wing populism is still a very powerful force. It's going to be present in Brazilian society, along with Bolsonarismo, for some years yet. 
Lula's going to have to build alliances in a Congress that is more Bolsonarista than the last time around. Well, that's and the saving he's grace going there. To have to try to find ways to pacify society as well, which is very divided, even more so after a vicious and violence-filled campaign. What will it mean for the world with Lula in power? The real hope with Lula is that he can curb deforestation in the Amazon rainforest. Hopefully it means Bolsonaro not being in power is what I would hope most for. Yuck! The guy said COVID. Look, illegal logging and mining. I'm for that. Stop that. And there's hope that this kind of effort can help slow deforestation, which is incredibly important for curbing the world. change. Joe Biden very quickly came out and released a statement recognizing Lula's victory, and he was followed by other world leaders. The quickness with which they came forward with these statements, I think, was really intended Talk about to appeasement. show that there uh, would be that, and That's going no to be interesting now, is that we're going to see kind of a precedent set that and so after think, Trump's reaction... You know, that, that other countries around the world are going to feel the need to jump in to legitimize election results now, or I guess delegitimize in some cases. We might see in the future. Uh, you're saying it's uh, you're saying it w- as if it was something new. I'm saying it that you you folks always uh, recognize the left when they win. Didn't uh, Hillary Clinton? Demand that Celaya be returned to Honduras when he was sent out of the country after the Congress, all the courts said that he he had to be arrested. And sure enough, who was there with his open arms? Chavez. And he was sent in his pajamas out of Honduras, and Honduras saved itself from communism. And guess what? He was allowed back in as a private individual with considerable amount of assets and ranches and land. But he could not be president. So what's wrong with that? I think Honduras is better for it. So it's one of those situations where you're going to be proven wrong over and over again to the point where YouTube won't give me the damn secret video that I saw of campaign uh, buying. And no matter what I, uh, I put in the search engine... It just doesn't offer it to me. So it smells like Twitter. I mean, I I feel like our history stands for itself, that we have proven that things get better slowly by slowly. You know, we do improve material conditions. We do improve people's work lives. We do improve the record of civil rights. Our success speaks for itself, especially with the radical movements of the 1960s, you know, Black Americans and LGBTQ Americans over time through fighting and organizing now enjoy much more rights than they had before. And much more poverty. No. And There's poverty. A black, that was one of the big things Trump was taking credit for was the, right, putting back the, the birth, work. Was the birth of the black middle class, which is something we've been seeing over time. And what, and did, and what did the American happened. people do? I'm what saying, did the American people do? What did blacks overwhelmingly do? Vote Trump out. Actually, more black people voted for Trump the second time around than the first. Yeah, from 7 to 9%. So, factually, no, that, that's, 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 that's not that's true. That's not completely The vast what you're majority saying. of blacks have always voted against Republicans to this day. Trump 
but the was number able to of get, among black Americans who supported Trump the second the time first, around, the first with the second time, was higher. Yes, by two points. Yeah, it's still something. It is something, but that's not the majority. I said the majority, the vast majority. I use the word vast majority. In fact, the first person who started the trend was Bush. Bush got more votes than any previous rebellion before Trump, of course, who broke Bush's records. And same with Hispanic votes. Uh, it helped that Bush could speak a little bit of Spanish. I, I really think that liberals do not understand the Hispanic community remotely in the United States. They will now with 4.4 4 million more coming. I mean, As it a, doesn't guarantee anything, though. I feel like conservatives are kind of pessimistic by nature, given their worldview. But they, they can't imagine a way to appeal to these people. And I feel like, especially, out, I want to say outside of Florida... There is almost like a lockstep and gain in the conservative worldview that they just don't want to appeal to other people. I feel in Florida, you do see a diverse conservative backing here. Okay, here, here's another not- communist effort. I'm going to follow it up with something that Khrushchev said, but I'm going to play this video. Um, I'm going to see if it's um, after the, the ad, two seconds of ads, and let's see if it'll go straight to it. So let's listen in on him wanting Lula to disarm the Brazilians. President's closest allies, Roberto Jefferson, opened fire on police, setting off an eight-hour standoff with the officers who had come to arrest him at his home. The former federal lawmaker made it clear he would resist, saying, quote, run, you're going to get hurt. He then threw three stun grenades at the officers and sprayed their armoured car with more than 50 shots from his assault-style rifle. The incident, involving such a prominent figure, highlights the challenges facing President-elect Lula da Silva, who has vowed to disarm Brazil when he takes office next month. Under Lula's predecessor, Jair Bolsonaro, personal firearm ownership has surged, with the right-wing leader actively encouraging people to become armed. Nearly 700,000 yeah. Brazilians. It sounds like from everything that you've gathered here that it's Bolsonaro who's kind of encouraging or endorsing it. No, arming themselves. This guy, like a communist, wants to disarm the people. And guess what happens when you disarm? Look at New York. Look at Chicago. Mao did not disarm huh? his revolutionaries. Mao wanted the people armed. He, he was thriving in the chaos after World War II. Mao disarmed the Chinese people as well. Just his people got to keep guns. You know, but like saying saying people to arm up during an election process is kind of an endorsement. NRA had it correct. It's simple as this: when you take the when you take the gun away from the bad guy, the bad guy gets the guns, and the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. It's that simple. But we've seen that doesn't happen with most of these mass shootings. In the, like mass, this, 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 in the case of mass shootings, it, 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 how do I put it? Like when you hear that, that sits well in the part of your head that you know processes common sense. But what we've seen in a, like if you've ever talked to a veteran, like when you hear the pow 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 pow, pow your instinct is to duck. Even if in war, you're even not, in war, like this, this is a fantasy. That, time out. I'm not gonna let you just run your mouth like that. In any mass shooting in a, in a civilian setting that's not war, because war means thousands have guns 
on both sides, thousands. So, of course, you duck when you hear da 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 Now, in a civilian setting, if someone goes to a mall and opens fire, if there's only one shopper with a gun, that one shopper will assess the situation, will duck for a brief moment, find some place to, to take out the shooter. That's just how we operate if we have a gun with us. If I hear weapons fired at me or anyone else, and I'm armed that day because I, I have a concealed carry and I choose to, I don't care if it's Dayland, Walmart, or Costco, I'm going after the shooter. I have an obligation. That is the reason why I carry, period. It has to do with my In own the, protection, my daughter, my family, whoever's with me at the time. But let's say I'm alone shopping. I ain't going to cry and hide in a bathroom. I'm going after the shooter. And I'm praying to God that I get him before he gets me. And hopefully I limit the amount of people he kills. I'm not talking Rambo here. I'm talking obligation. And that's what this nation needs, a national concealed carry. So that the bad guy has to know, no matter where he goes, someone could be shooting back at him. And until you liberals get that part, understand that, do you know that the states have put up a sign that says on the front door of every school in Tennessee, in Alabama, in Mississippi, in Kentucky, there are no school shootings, zero, because the freaks who are want to take out a bunch of kids because they were bullied when they were there, and they come back after, after graduation, they come back to shoot, or they say so just because they're freaks and they're going to kill because they want to go... They want to die in a hell of gunfire because they've been playing some kind of video game. They don't go to schools that have signs that say, caution, we use deadly force to protect the sanctity and security of our children. That sign alone discourages all mass shootings. And while you keep on disarming us and you keep on making sure that nobody has a gun, you're going to keep on it's having school. It's not that school. I don't want anybody to have a gun. You'll That's always the, it, have it, school it, shootings. It's that this isn't a realistic way of dealing with You the have no proof of that. I just showed you proof. And I'm going to go pull the video now. Every state that has signs in front of the school, just a sign. We're talking about 150 bucks painting signs on every door within a school campus. All those states have zero school shootings. Therefore, you don't have the right but this because is not of freedom of speech shoot. to say... Just, this is not just... That it's not proven to be effective. So here's the thing. See, there, um, there you go, bifurcating the argument. There we go. School, st- wait, wait, I got to do this right. States with, uh, let's see, states with. Uh, there was just a school, school shooting three years ago in Kentucky. There's thousands of there them. There was just a I'm school out, shooting I might have gone that state wrong. three years ago I'm, in Kentucky. Me, I, I threw Kentucky out there without assurance. I'm going to find out. State with school. Uh, uh, state with school warning signs signs to shooters. Let's see if that's enough. That's a lar- that's a hell of a search search request. This is the unfortunate reality of warning this given situation. Warning signs is deadly in school shooting. I guess that there are hot more spot for warning signs than we can even keep count of. Wait, wait. New study finds most school shooters. Showed warning signs. Okay, so I can't use warning signs. I have to find something better. Uh, uh, states. Uh, 
state sign po- uh, state sign posted. Yeah, the guy also in Kentucky was not stopped by someone shooting at him. <coughs> he killed himself. <clears throat> in Kentucky? No, he was taken in. And he got um, two life sentences um, that he would only be able to signs appeal after to, 20 years. Uh, post Signs posted. I'm finding a difficulty to find good search requests here. Uh, school shooter suspect posted photos. I uh, get it wrong again. Warning signs missed on the school shooter Sandy Hook. Da, 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 da. Um, you can Google the images. Go to Google images about the school signs so you actually see that they physically exist. States. States. States put up. States post. Let's see here. States post. Uh, post signs, paste post sign. Uh, uh, what would I say? States post sign to school to paste post sign warning of deadly force. So th- this is the thing that we have to contend with if we are going to have guns in our country, is that they inherently are a hazard. No, they're not. The, 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 yes, this is the thing that we no, just. No, they're have not. To- they are not. There are multi-millions amount of gun guns deaths. in this country. Ask Europeans. They're defenseless against shooters. It's not eliminating any of the shootings that go on in Europe where there's no guns since the Marshall Plan. In the United States, no doubt, where violent is uh, produced and directed in films day in and day not and day uh, day in and day out. Like cops and villains, good guy, bad guy. There's no doubt we are a nation of violent and competitive and winning folks. We like to win. We like to compete. What actually puts cops more on edge in the United States than any other country is that they don't know if the person is armed. Absolutely. And they sometimes they shoot. So like right there is a factor on how guns put us more at risk. Now, I'm not an anti-gun guy. I don't, I'm not, not an anti-gun you, I, guy. I'm just going to... You are to, by what you say. No, I acknowledge that here's the thing, deep down, I say freedom. And I acknowledge that on some level... You're going to beg me to take out my gun if you're under assault by a, a person in your home with a gun. You're going to wish to God that oh, I, was no. on my, I was on my way. Here's the thing. I fully acknowledge that my position on freedom, which is a requirement of self-defense... And especially where firearms are a factor, I acknowledge that makes us less safe, but I feel ideological that this is a stance of freedom. However, what I want to do is I want to minimize the risks of freedom. You know, it's like when you allow yourself to eat junk food or smoke, you're not going to do it all the time because then it's bad. Like unfiltered or uncontained attitudes toward junk food or smoking, like that kills you. And unfortunately, America has had an unfiltered attitude toward guns. Like, all I'm just saying is, we think about it a bit. That we Come have on, it's in the civil rights, for Christ's oh, sake. Oh, it is. But Please. I don't believe in taking it away. I believe in being smart about it. And we have to stop telling ourselves fantasies that we're all deep down going to be Rambo. When our I don't moment comes anybody, to shine. I don't think anybody, including the the person I just mentioned, myself, thinks of being Rambo at any time. 
They only think about their own safety, that they don't want to be robbed. They don't want to be assaulted. They don't want someone pointing a gun at them. Therefore, they have their own. But if it comes where the, the, the aggression is against a fellow public person, in other words, in a mall, it's, uh, the guy just shooting people, or he's in, a, in, a, in an assault situation where he's robbing the store, I like many other people. You see the videos out there all the time, guys undercover, guys retired, people who just carry a gun. They pull out a gun, and they thwart a robbery. Just happened recently in a liquor store. 80-something-year-old guy pulls out a shotgun and takes down a guy with a, with a semi-automatic weapon. He's getting ready to rob the store. He gunned the guy. The guy's lucky as hell that he got a, because of his, uh, I don't know if it was his benevolence, his age, or lack of ability to shoot, got him in the arm. And the guy ran like a, like a girl. He got me, he got me, he got me to the getaway car. I mean, come on. I still can't figure, I still can't uh, do this on search engine. I mean, this is, Google, like, really does not cooperate at all. School post signs. Because you got to find the evidence before you make the argument. No, I've already, I've already, if I say this, because I've already had the evidence, I just decided to bring it up today because you did something. I don't know. You said something (laughs) that triggered this. Uh, Parkland team records video during school shooting to make sure his voice is echoed. Oh, that's what's his name, who became famous. Uh, what's that? Uh, little freakazoids. Uh, um, he completely ran or ran off with the idea. Um, I don't. I can't remember his name. I'm not going to go into the site. Okay, now I'm going to go a different. Uh, take a different approach here. Um, uh, uh, school post uh, deadly force signs. Uh, I don't know if this will work, but I'm trying to have the audience understand uh, the same thing comes up. ABC News, warning signs missed in the deadly school shooting. Well, yeah, the kid probably texted everybody and their mother he was going to shoot somebody one day. And everybody ignored it because, you know, he's a minor and we can't do anything about it until he does it. Do you know what Obama did while he was president? What did he do? He lowered the standards in exchange for school funds. Federal school funds the districts. He lowered standards on what is to be called violent or criminal offenses inside the school campus. And that the school administration, the school boards themselves, were to direct security officers at school and everything to not be so obsessive about arresting kids that are dealing drugs, arresting kids for petty theft on campus, and Nicholas... What's his name from the Parkland shootings should have been arrested several times while he was at school to the point where he was suspended and eventually he didn't graduate at all. He comes back a year or two years later and shoots up the whole school and nobody did anything about it. And he wasn't because of these Obama rules. Nobody told the authorities. Everybody kind of knew he had problems. He was a problem kid. He was born to a crack mom who, uh, kind of abandoned him growing up and had several boyfriends and you can imagine the chaos in their lives raised by several people did she you, actually did you see the, 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 the father dad, actually the dad left of the guy who shot up the gay club nicholas, in Colorado? what's his name nicholas uh what was nicholas's name in parkland anyway his father and i believe i don't know if it was his biological mother but he left him seven hundred thousand dollars and they had died 
uh, early in his life. And did you spend the whole thing on the guns? No, I, I believe that he hadn't had access to that money yet because uh, whoever knew him or was taking care of him knew he was a problem. But he did get this gun legally on there because he wasn't red flagged in, in by authorities. Um, there's something there's something about red flags. I know that um, what was that, really interesting is that I think Elliot Roger got red flagged. And they almost searched his place. Tell the audience who Elliot Roger is. So, you can't just say it. Elliot Roger was. Because um, you're. Ma- I, I want to be was another shooter. Too. He was another shooter. Um, he was in L.A. Let me get the specifics. He was. Um, he was in Isla Vista, and he shot up a sorority, and he was almost searched by the police. And. Oh, he mentions in his diary that. The cops almost had searched his place that they had stopped at his door, but they, I don't think they went through with it. And he mentions how if they had just went through with that searching, they would have completely ruined his plans. So your conclusion is it was a good thing? Well, no, is that it's really interesting how sometimes the red flags are even there for people and there's still no stopping. Like, it just feels like... Our, at, our way that we've responded to this has kind of all gone wrong. Like, as if... Well, you started with like. Yeah, and then I went as if, which was killer. And uh, pour it in your glass so we don't hear you... I have these soundproof glasses with rubber insulated soles on each glass, which are actually ceramic cups. So that... They're very nice looking, I gotta say. Yeah, and they stay cool on top of that. And uh, you got to use them, though, or else that's what you hear. And what I use these plastic bottles for is for my standing ovation. And I will give the radio socialists a standing ovation. (laughs) Only because he is more successful at Googling than I am. I found one sign. I, I, I usually take the whole day to prepare for the oncoming discussion. Okay, and what did you prepare for us today? Um, I had a couple of stories here about um, workers planning to go on strike on various parts around the country, um, which seems to have been an overall trend and happening more since COVID, and particularly what's been the biggest battle we've seen, at least reported by the media, is in Starbucks. So much so that the company actually brought out their former CEO, who was really good at union busting. Which okay, is, continue. Which is interesting because I feel like a lot of people discuss, like, no one wants to work. And there there have been a lot of the anti-work moments. But I do feel people might feel more fulfilled doing much more menial jobs if they're more looked out for. You uh, I can't disagree with those things. So I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that we'll see the union movement kind of resurge in America. Remember, when it comes to unions... I'm for yeah. private sector unions. Only the biggest mistake we've made was oh, John F. Kennedy. When you're talking he... about teachers' unions. Ah! That's public sector. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's yeah, ruined yeah, the yeah. public school system. And it also mo- uh, uh, ruined the federal uh, pension system is one thing, but allowing them collective bargaining rights was wrong. It's 
probably the second biggest reason why we have a bloated government. And we can't shut it down to correct things because that employs everybody. I'll tell you that my experience as a teacher, um, the single biggest problem we had was we could successfully teach the kids like really complicated subjects, right? Like I could teach them about like rhetoric. I could teach them about like history. I could teach them really, really complicated things, right? But the the big problem was, I believe, like the the federal standards of curriculum. So the big problem was, it's like, well, I could get them to understand these concepts, but can I get them to pass a test? That was always the big issue. How much of how much creativity could you yourself use as a teacher to reach students, especially ones that were problem childs? My school was entirely mostly for problem childs, and a guy had taken over. And um, he had a really. What, what's this guy who took over? You mean a principal? The principal who took over. He had a really great vision. It was really a shame. Um, he really wanted to teach kids to tr- like teach kids in their own interests, and then have them run off in the adult world pursuing what they were passionate about, because school had trained them to be good at their passion, which is what I really felt like that should be the purpose of education. Is it's like, what are you good at and how can we help you? Because I think that's the way going forward, especially with the internet, where you can make a living talking about your, your dumb fantasy football team or your, your dumb favorite TV show now. Like, you can make a living on that. And I think that's the way we need to go forward. I think, I don't know, perhaps it's like high school needs to be retooled, but I think there should be like a minimal sort of point where you reach middle school where you're properly socially conditioned where you know you're taught the a b's and c's and you're taught how to do the math required to what pay gra- for what a check. Grade, what grades did you teach i taught all the way from nursery to high school seniors and it was a private school setting so you had more it was flexible? a private school with public funding oh so it was a charter school yeah oh okay well you'll say so man yeah. charter school i'm very familiar with so you're saying that they they allowed it was actually the the parents not the parents but the people who lived around the neighborhood yeah. who actually shut us down why um i remember we were trying to push cuz you know we weren't we didn't have well, you, any you said they were problem kids were they creating disturbances no no these problem kids by problem kids i mean they just have learning disabilities oh that's not a problem yeah, it's yeah. just a fact of life well when you have a learning disability you feel like a problem though I I I wonder. I was a stutter in first grade. I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know how I felt back then. I do know that I was seeking attention. I was always talking, mumbling, I guess, because now I'm back to mumbling. I I would in high school. I would do crazy. I felt like a Bart Simpson. Like looking back, I did not realize how much I was like Bart Simpson. Where I would just do crazy things to get attention more or less like and it's kind of where i developed a lot of my rhetorical skills was that i really learned how to push buttons i really learned how to get people upset i really learned how to challenge things intellectually which is kind of how i developed from that point um and it very much felt like you know school was about trying to get you to do things their way but where my frustration came in is that you know they, they never got to explain things with you like, I can't tell you how many times that, man, I, like, take for example, like, I'll just try to play a game and I'll read a guide online, and I have no idea how to play the game, but then I'll meet someone, 
and then they show me what they're doing with their hands. Like, and they'll go, no, you do, you press high punch, low kick, and they show me how the technique is done. And that's how I learned. Like, I could not learn that in a big school group environment. You know, thank goodness I had super supportive parents because it, it felt like, man, there was no way that I would have never understood anything without individualized attention. And it was that kind of passion and habit that I tried to put into my students, into getting them to figure this stuff out. Like, that's what really feels like the big thing that education with this country really struggles with, is how do we properly arm our kids with knowledge, and how do we properly know that we're making the best out of them? That Here's seems- a good sign I just found. Excuse the interruption because I just stumbled on it. No, no, you, you got me right at the end of the sentence. <laughs> Staff heavily armed and trained. Any attempt to harm our children will be met with deadly force. School sign, all the entrances. Hello, that's the answer, and it's the cheapest. No armed student will go into that school that day if he thinks and knows that someone's going to shoot back at him. Not maybe. Like in the case of Parkland, uh, Nicholas, whatever his name is, Nicholas, forgot his Nicholas's name, which is getting cumbersome for me, knew that there were cops at, at the, uh, that patrolled the property. But even then, there was no sign. Therefore, man, I can kill enough people before they kill me. And that's what I find really sad, that we don't want to meet force with force as if we don't love our children, and how else to protect them? How can that? How can adults just cower to a, a kid with a gun like they did in Ovalde recently in Texas? Only what? I mean, only what is it going to take? I'll grant you this: if schools have a trained professional in firearms, like if this is a guy whose background and his qualification is firearm training on a professional level. And that's something that we have to do when there's a safe place that the gun is stoked away that only he can access. Not stoked away. It's on his person. Yeah, I feel weird about that. I understand. I, I, I feel really weird about I'll that. Give you, like, I'll I, give you I already feel now. weird about schools with like metal detectors. makes me feel weird. But like I but, think if kids see a guy every day with a gun no, going co- around, concealed. they're going to feel like it's even concealed. more. Okay. If they see the gun, it's because it's pointed at them and they're, that's the last thing I mean, thing he's going to need like an assault rifle or something no, to take down some of these that would people. Be yeah. what, Way too bulky, and it would definitely create a scenario where an armed shooter would go in and take him out first because he knows he's weaponized. You don't really know who is armed in the school because all the teachers can take this professionally armed course in order to be that person. Now, me, being a conservative, here's my big concern, which is probably a scenario that you have not thought of, and the audience is probably saying, I feel really weird about that. Well, if you feel really weird about that, it's your political bipolarity because you should feel more weird about one kid taking out 25 kids. You know, that's what you really should be feeling weird about. And I'm using that word weird, whatever you want to call that. But that's the most disgusting display of lack of humanity is to not solve this problem about school shootings with deadly force. Those kids that enter the schools have to be taken out as soon as possible. My only worry is an irresponsible person with a gun in a school trained to do so and gets into an argument with the biggest guy on the football team 
and that guy tackles him in class, and the gun f- hits the floor, and now we got a problem because anybody can grab the gun to either save the teacher or shoot the teacher. Who knows? I do fear that human reality, and it might start with an armed conflict between the biggest guy in the school and let's say the phys ed teacher who's just as big. That guy, unfortunately, uh, has to take out the gun and and arrest the kid and have the kid. Ex- uh, excuse from the school, but he's going to have to take out the gun. And yet the kid, the kid has to, you know, you can't shoot at him because he doesn't have a gun. He just fought with you. And I'm sure that's happening in the hood, in those hood high schools. You can imagine. Uh, I know there's parts of... I wonder about those shootings. There are cases where the gang warfare is just out of control. There's metal detectors everywhere to keep the kids but from it, coming it, to school with guns. It kind of, what's kind of crazy is that, like... There's kids that are graduating. What's crazy is that now we've got to a point where, forgive my lack of PC political correctness over here. Well, look, the lights on. No, I I know. I'm not going to say any bad words. Uh, But like, it's crazy that this has escalated to a point that I got my I got my I got my punt about my button on the neutron. neutron It's crazy that there's a big concern of this happening in like white suburban areas now. That the violence is now there, and in some cases, the guns are even bigger. Than they would be in urban environments, rather than what do you call bigger, bigger caliber? Yeah, like more than just a handgun. Yeah, yeah, semi-automatic. So, yeah, so that was it. That was it. You don't have you guys, help. you you freakazoid liberals call that an assault rifle, and they're all semi-automatic. There are no such thing as machine guns or assault rifles in society today. There aren't. They're all semi-automatic. Every single gun, with the with the exception of the revolver, they're all semi-automatic. One pr- trigger pull, one bullet. I've shot one... an AR and I've shot an AK. But I've always wanted to shoot a revolver. I think those are the most beautiful guns ever. Well, I love kind of their mixture of like modernity and antiquity. The little chamber that comes ah, out. Ah, you're obsessed with 007, man. No, you, got that, it, that, that, you, got, you know he puts on he puts on this face of the Joker in Batman. You know, not to be taken seriously. While he's talking about guns, he has this. Batman does not smile. The Joker smiles. The Joker smiling. You the were Joker's, smiling. Well, I it, saw you smile. It's a sexy gun. Uh, yeah, uh, guns are sexy. Okay, uh, <laughs> that's how you know I'm from Florida. That's how you know I'm from Florida. It's... Stand your ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah do you I guys believe... have castle doctrine here? You know what? I'm not. I'm not familiar with the castle doctrine. I think that says if like someone enters your vicinity, you can waste them. Oh yes, you can. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't know what it's called here, but since that doesn't sound alien to me, perhaps that's what it's called here in Florida. Perhaps I know should... there was a Florida cop recently. Um, there was a guy who shot at a man who was like running from the cops and he ran to the guy's house and the guy chased him out with the gun and the cop it. was like yeah you can just kill him next time yes yeah once he's got and he's the... like you make our lives easier if you just kill him well i know that <laughs> I, I know when it when it has to do with race riots and stuff like that uh the rule of thumb is you know protect your property life limb and security and uh don't be too particular about it. But the truth is, the law clearly states, unfortunately, you can't fire your weapon in defense of property. That's, you can't? Or you, you cannot. Can't. You cannot. You cannot fire, weapon, fire in defense of property. You have to feel like you're under deadly uh, assault on their life and limb. But if the guy goes into your store, busts the window, and starts stealing like you're seeing these days, I don't think there's a law anywhere not even in Texas, nowhere, can you just open fire on a burglar because he's stealing your stuff. Maybe that law needs to be changed because those massive 
shoplifting events from mob thefts. The only way that's going to stop. The only is, time I can think about when people were really people getting into died. that was COVID, and that was. I feel like that was a completely different situation than what like all political commentators make it out to be. I feel like that's the big problem about people in our line of work is that we try to psychoanalyze things before like it's really settled down, and we try writing our name on events like, oh, this was because of them or this was because of us. Like really, I look at what happened during COVID, and that was just like everybody was locked up. Everybody was going crazy. Everyone needed to blow their steam, and perhaps not in the best, most productive way. But that's certainly what happened, looking back in retrospect. Because a ton of people who were involved in that were not at all political. Unfortunately, uh, the left prevents the obvious. First goes the signs, then comes armed staff. And... That's going to solve the problem. Armed staff? Imagine coming in every single <laughs> Armed? That's a little much. Yeah. I go back to the previous statement. What's a little much? 70 kids shot in a school? 25 kids well, yeah, shot but in a school? That, that armed staff is different when we're talking about... See what I mean? That's political bipolarity. You have to... Just because your brain thought it doesn't mean it's a legitimate thought. I mean, you can't work- find anything normal or abnormal, I should say, about armed staff when it's really abnormal for you to drop off your kid at school and he gets killed by some freakazoid kid. That has to be so big in your mind that nothing else comes in between preventing that, no matter what I come up with, no matter what idea I come up with. My major objection is that this feels like it's jumping to the conclusion rather than thinking out this process carefully. That's called political bipolarity. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's talk. It, that, that and it is, happens to all you liberals. Plan, all liberals. That's planning things out. That's no, it planning isn't. Planning things. You out. guys rationalize that same thinking got us cashless bail. It's wrong. If you if you allow a criminal to think he's going to get out because he's committing a, a minor offense, you'll get more of it. Plain and simple. And then they start talking among themselves on the street about this new law that's really cool. Before you know it, you got every brain-dead person pushing people off subway platforms, uh, breaking into Robert De Niro's apartment in New York the other day. People with mental health issues, the last thing you want is them talking among themselves about cashless bail that is sitting front page in the newspaper. I mean, come on, man. You, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And that also goes for the mentally deranged out there with a pipe. Uh, yeah, but like most of these most of these shootings were not stopped by people who shot them. Absolutely not, because there's no weapons to be seen. All the kids are dead. They're finally taken out because the, the person leaves the school or kills himself. Or in, in the, the case Buffalo of Parkland, case, the guy was packing body armor that was too strong for the gun the cop had. I, I understand if there was a cop in front of the guy with the body armor. He's got a better chance of getting a getting. You need up. to see Cobra because I feel like the world. Ooh, you, Cobra! What's Cobra? Um, the movie Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. Like when I hear the way that you discuss crime and discuss confronting crime, it sounds to me like an an eighties movie. Like you know, all of the guys. Unfortunately, like, um, unfortunately, I've seen riots up in personal the McDuffie riots. I experienced that myself. We had a business. I feel like there's a big difference a between wanting self defense. There's now, a big difference between wanting self-defense and wanting self-autonomy in believing that these are problems that need to be dealt with 
immediately overwhelming force. Number one, number one stores. First of all, I mean, what that, what what, what de- disempowered the mafia from the prohibition age? That's a terrible example. I don't no, know it's why, not. Why are you using that example? Because that was meeting them by ending That's organized the prohibition. Crime for yes, Christ. that was meeting. That was ending prohibition, which had enabled them to become far stronger. A lot of times, there are problems. That's ridiculous. That, uh, there are problems that force is the what solution. What you just said How- was ridiculous. You just said that prohibition made them far stronger. No, it made them more made prevalent, them more profitable, like the southern border. By having stupid domestic policies, like the, the border- war on drugs. <sighs> The war on drugs is what enables the cartel to be so powerful. Not because, powerful, because just of marijuana, more profitable. Because marijuana being legalized, they're having to look to go to other drugs to get people addicted on. That's how this works, because they're chasing the black market. So we meet these things with a mixture. You will always have the need of force. When you say that, you say what? You see, there's some conspiracy to just drug everybody up? I mean, it's not really a conspiracy. That's, that's the model of drug dealers. Oh, the drug dealers, not yeah. authorities. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah, no. It's like I feel this I would say there's always a need for force. But force for force's sake, I feel has its own, you know it has its own history of not ever working out. Like okay, bright on- yellow signs in Georgia. Staff members are armed and trained. Any attempt to harm our children will be met with deadly force. How well did the war like that the war was on drugs in suburban not- urban no Urban, not suburban. Urban, Georgia. So, the, so far I got... The war on drugs did I not Georgia, really end drug abuse. This is in Lawrence County, Georgia. So, so far I got Georgia, and I got Michigan, and I've used these signs. But uh, the, the war on drugs was not ended by being harder on drugs. It never you know? ended. It's, it, that battle's the being war on lo- terror being did lost. not end by like funding more counterterrorism stuff. Like, these things usually have other causes. Now, if you're going to ask me, it's like, oh, so you just want to be a typical liberal who's soft on crime and roll over and take it. I'm, I'm absolutely not. I believe in setting boundaries and punishments for people who do such things in society. But I believe looking at these problems, a lot of times, like, there are weird alien outvading forces that are here to harm us. And not really dark reflections of certain things that we're doing that come to bite us in the butt. Is how you deal with things. Like, well, like be more I, specific. Sure, gladly. Um, Miami has a big drug culture, right? Miami has a big, big, big drug culture. And I found myself, you know, in my 20s, you know, really getting into a lot of the drugs to feel like I could fit in. But then, like, when it really kind of hit me when I was really, you know, struggling with my studies, struggling with a lot of things... I felt like I had to be like fitting in with the rest of Miami, you know. So like, you felt you felt that Miami, the culture itself, provoked you into social drug use. I've had friends who are dead because they've OD'd. We we all we all have friends that have died. In my case, it's not so much OD as it is uh, DUI, death, car accidents. So what I found is that like I had a lot of stuff because we didn't have the meth, we didn't have the. Yeah. We didn't have the stuff you guys are I, I've only done stuff that is, like, legal now, like weed, which is pretty much what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, I, to to <laughs> so, what degree do you feel it's legal? Because it's only a few states. I mean, yeah, no, it, it feels like... Medical. It, it feel, medical marijuana, you're it, 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 it feels like the, the paranoia that one would have about going around and smoking weed is now mostly gone. Like, 
That has been complete. Uh, if that's a victory that only, I feel only that, in certain states. I mean, but in Florida, we're talking about Florida. I feel like that's largely been overturned. I'm not sure I agree with you. Although there is a big difference between uh, the fear that I had as a young person compared to the fear that you guys have as at the same age. You guys are definitely are fearless. Um, it's but, very customary to smell that in the air walking around town. But like, uh, where I can, that I can, was unheard of. I can tell you, me I've, growing up, I've successfully managed to kick a lot of that stuff by like realizing. Well, what am I upset about? What am I insecure about? Yeah, just you just got uh, you got therapy, right? Yeah, but also I did a lot of self introspection, which made all me... all right. Here we go. I got my first video. Wait, can I finish Golf... my story though? No, because Please? I worked very hard to find this video. Okay, Golf <laughs> County, Florida, Golf County District Schools is sending a message to the public that they not they will not hold back when it comes to protecting its children at schools. So here we go. Channel Seven in Golf County which I just learned is a county on the Gulf of Mexico, I guess. Gulf County, Florida. After a lot of searching, I want uh, my own standing ovation when I get done with this. Let's see. Let's hope I don't have ads to deal with here. Sign outside of Gulf District Schools is gaining attention on social media. And its goal is to keep kids safe. News Channel 7's Allison Baker joins us in the studio. Allison, what do the signs say? Well, this is the sign that everyone has been talking about. It reads a warning. Staff members are armed and trained in any attempt to harm children will be met with deadly force. Now, the superintendent of Gold County Schools told me his goal was to not get this on social media or get attention from it or even do an interview about it. The goal was to let the public know that they mean business when it comes to protecting children at school. I don't know how you stop one bad actor from doing a bad thing. But if you can, if the last thing they have is a shock factor, you know, I believe in throwing the kitchen sink at something. Throwing in the kitchen sink means not holding back when it comes to protecting children in Gulf County. These signs at the front door of all schools in the district mean business. When we say they speak for themselves, I think all of us were prepared, prepared to do what it takes to defend the children that are entrusted to us. The sign that is getting a lot of traction on social media reads warning. Staff members are armed and trained. Any attempt to harm children will be met with deadly force. We take it very serious. Kids, children, mamas and daddies, precious angels, including my own, are entrusted to the people in these schoolhouses. And uh, we are prepared, God willing, to go and I think, put ourselves in harm's way. Something a majority of parents are in favor of, according to the principal of Port St. Joe Elementary. And so we've had a lot of positive feedback, a lot of parents praising those signs, a lot of positive social media posts regarding those signs. So as far as I'm concerned, all positive. Jessica Brock is not just a principal. She's also a mom. She sees this as a benefit to both staff and parents. It would make dropping my child off every morning a lot easier and put my mind at ease as a parent. Community leaders say they also agree with the message. I think as a uh, school teacher and, uh, and also as a leader of the community, uh, our job is to uh, protect, uh, protect and serve these kids. Uh, we're here to educate the kids, but also make sure that they're safe while they're at, while they're at school. Gulf District Schools participates in the Guardian program that allows certain teachers who go through training to be armed at school. 
and they see this as a sign of getting their message across to anyone with bad intentions. We are prepared to use deadly force if you harm our children. That's a message that speaks for itself, and uh, it's not speaking to good people. It's speaking to a potential bad person. It's that simple, folks. And guess what? There are so many school districts in the law that gives them the right to skirt. It's not mandatory to put up these signs. And that's unfortunate. But guess what? What did the principal say? I believe in throwing the kitchen sink at a problem. So he understood what I had said 10, 20 minutes ago. You got to wipe your brain away from thinking things are weird when, in fact, the alternative is disgustingly strange. Children dying at school. How more disgustingly strange is that for a civil society to tolerate that in any way or form? Simply because you don't want anybody armed in the school? Hello? arming the school. Say it's it not, again? It's not that I don't want anybody arming the school. Well, watch them fix themselves now. No, 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 no. You go to the bathroom I, I, and I, take I, a I br- was consistent from this from the beginning. Is that No, you weren't. Is that I want there to be a process. If this is going to happen, then we need trained professionals. We need this to be as subtle, and we need this to be as... The school needs the proper resources for this. The way conservatives talk about this is that they just want, like, a guy packing heat in the school. Unfortunately, my training would be enough. You know, I can go in as a volunteer parent and I'd be definitely willing and able to do so. With the training that I have, it would be suffice. But if you want to add a layer of bureaucracy to it and get more training, I'm all for it. So long as it's every school, every county, all over America, all over the state of Florida, and nobody can opt out, including teachers' unions. And if they can't deal with it, they have to leave the school. You know, if you don't want to teach in that environment where you're going to have bullets going back at the school shooter, then you've got to leave the school. I could care less. Uh, politics, what did you say about feelings? And uh, Facts don't care about your feelings. Facts don't care about your feelings. It, the biggest display of emotional, intellectual bankruptcy of a civil society in the United States is for you to lose your child at school because some psychopath kills them. That is so disgustingly unacceptable. And look how much time has gone since the Evaldi shooting and not a single uh, state. I mean, you had plenty of guys with guns outside the school that didn't do anything. Yes, they were frozen. It's the most disgusting thing. Army of cops. One guy even think wiped his hands and washed his hands in one of those desanitizers. Can you believe it? How in the hell... Is that man in law enforcement, when he has the time under that kind of duress, and that's what happens with liberalism, group Oh, think, you can't pin that on liberals. Uh, group think, yes. Oh. A group think, a liberal group think in a whole <laughs> society. What, 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 what they have you know what the average... That? That, that, that is... I bet you right now, if we did a vote, parents would not be for arming staff. Therefore, your cop is worried sick about not following orders, or taking out the kid uh, before he killed the 35th student. That's groupthink. It manifests itself. Liberalism is a contagion. I'm sorry. It rationalizes just about every subject. I did notice you carrying those goalposts right there. 
uh, what did I, I, I left you boundaries to work from? No, that, that's that's usually a, t- a rhetorical tactic when someone shifts to goalposts. Means I didn't shift it. I because no, we're, we're talking. You're accusing about, me. You're accusing I, me accusing of, of throwing the k- kitchen sink. I just heard the I, video. I just don't see how, what this has to do with liberalism. I oh, don't see even what I believe, this has to do with conservatism. I believe I that law and this, order and justice is a very considerably conservative thought pattern because it implies something that fascists and right-wing dictators have been uh, successful at, law and order. There is no if, and, or but, and rights, and uh, uh, no, it's shoot the damn guy, and hopefully it's not in the knees. Shoot him so he can never talk again. And your thought, liberalism, is, oh, but what happened if he didn't do it? Uh, too late. <laughs> too late. I mean, there are a lot of videos if he didn't do it. And there are also 10 times more videos of, oh, my God, he did it and he got away. But, <laughs> but that's, see, this is, this is the thing, right? You, is that, you, no, 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 no. And but, you, you, but your example right now proves why we have to be thoughtful about this sort of stuff. That I will contend, I will contend to the more militant of the minded in America that I, I look at something like Nazi Germany... I don't oh, see, you completely disarmed the argument by going there. No, 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 Holy no, 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 because no, I'm not trying to do an argument. Go to Franco. Let me finish. I let you talk. I let you talk. But don't use I let Hitler. You no. Liberals have this tendency to use Hitler. My God, no, leave no, Hitler me, alone. Let me talk. Let me talk. Jesus. Is that there are people who are not reasonable, right? There are drug dealers. There are, you know... Invading empires, serial murders. There are serial killers. Yeah, these school shooters. There's school shooters. Yes, the, mall the, shooters. The, there are f- theater shooters. Let me finish. The deranged. The there are things where they call for these sorts of responses, right? However, we usually have to look at something underlying underneath to properly stop the symptom once we've stopped it. More or less. So, well, well, no, well, no, be no, specific because no. that's where I go. Yes. That's yes. where I'll lend in my opinion. I don't so want to misunderstand you. Like school shooting, right? Yes. And I see a pattern of kids who are struggling psychiatrically. Okay. You know, they're fine until they show up with a gun. Then no, they, no, they're then, not. They're not fine. They're they're usually pretty depressed. They're usually on a lot and of medication. And they want to die this way. So the, that's, yeah. you got to take so them you, down so sooner. You, we see that there is a lack of mental health responses to what our mental health... In this health particular cr- case in Parkland, there was not so just much mental case, health. It feels almost symptomatic at this point. So it's like, so f- I want this to be much more than uh, we simply give the teachers responses of uh, the nuclear button response. Hey, to the it's a stopgap measure. Sure. That should be something that's there on the table, but this isn't going to go away alone from a display of force. This is going to go away you when force bet? is needed. When force is needed, perhaps there can be the application of be, force, it has but to that, be, that, that never takes care of the problem. That I'm has sorry. never taken you can care never, of the problem. You can never, ever convince people like that, people like me, of that when our plan is not manifested in society. I believe it, it is manifested in society. No, it this isn't. is a reflection there of a mental be, health crisis. Uh, uh, no, these what's kids, prevalent in society is mental imps- health. Yes, that is which true. gets them but to go shoot my, people. So, uh, once the person, 
there's a lot of mental health, and the vast majority don't grab a gun and take out. You students. have a gun, and you have not shut up a school, right? Exactly. So exactly. Nor my do point, I intend you have, Nor does it you cross have my the mind. responsibility to be able to have a firearm, correct? So what we're seeing Only is that my there are people out there. So. There are people out there who do not possess, for one reason or another, mental faculties to possess firearms and not do reprehensible things. Okay. Because these are things that aren't more or less criminal because they are not going doing stuff for gain. They're not robbing banks. They're not holding up people. They're not doing something rational. They're doing something almost suicidal. When they go up and shoot a school, yes. this is them throwing their life away. away. Yes. Absolutely. So my point is, like, when I feel like even if really, if you even want to talk, I think a lot of violent crime can be cut down by responding in the same measure. So it's like, I don't think merely arming teachers is going to solve this problem. My concern, which is why I'm objecting now, because I finally really understand the reason is through various cases I've cited, I don't think that's always going to stop the shooter. I think sometimes the shooter might get the drop on this teacher. There needs to be a lot done in handling this problem. Okay. I'm only telling you that I heard everything you said. We'll never know if you're right or wrong unless it becomes prevalent in society where my point originally was every school, all the time, all over a state, every state, including the populace at large with a national concealed firearm carry. So that no court, no state can eliminate and create gun-free zones where only the bad guy has the guns. That's my point. And until we see that, you can't make the statement where, I don't think it's going to work. Uh, well, of course not. We won't. We haven't been there yet. I don't think it'll be there in, my, in, the, in the rest of my life. I think uh, eventually... Can uh, I ask that you do a fact check? Can I see the rates... Um, the crime rates for parts of the country that there are concealed carries. You'll 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 find out that I'm right. Go for it. Because I, I'm not opposed to this being right. This sounds yeah. like an interesting idea that I would be willing to experiment with. There is much less crime where people are openly carrying in gun gun states. I don't know what you, if you call it gun free states. What you call uh, I'm not pro gun states, but where there's less stringent gun ownership laws. Like Florida, Miami-Dade, Fort Lauderdale, compared to Chicago and New York, believe me, there's less crime here than over there. I'm just going to admit that I have a gut reaction to being tepid, to thinking the problem with gun violence is that there aren't enough guns. No, we're not saying that. Enough good people with guns. Because they are afraid to but carry. But that is the wrong way to think about no, even implementing you are wrong. this idea. Yes. That's my point. No, my, you think it's the gun that kills people. It doesn't. It's the person the holding person the gun. The person can't kill that many people without a gun. It's the gun. I, I dare you to kill 50 people without a gun. In guess one what? City. Let's go. Guess what? <laughs> they I get, double dog dare they you. Get, I, guess what? <laughs> the, 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 it's the, like a little school dare. The argument is so amateurish because we know... 
that a, uh, a person who's mentally ill or a criminal is not going to play by the rules. He's going to get the gun however they want and however he wants. Sometimes it's just No, m- but that's Walmart. the problem is that a lot of these times the guns are acquired through legal means. This is why the, that skeptic, is true. This is why the skeptics like us and I said, have, yeah, have this I, sort of- I told you the reason why Nicholas was, did not show up. Same with the guy with in the gay uh, nightclub shooting in Orlando. He didn't show up either on any type of law enforcement uh, red flag law. No, he had red flags. Okay. and then he, were- his, his mom said that he was threatening to bomb people. No, red flag means that he had been convicted okay. of something. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fair. So that but is, but that he is- his mom had reported him to the police. Oh, and they didn't put him on the red flag yes. thing. What? Because there was no conviction. See yeah. what I mean? That's called... Ah, I can't call it liberalism, but it's right. <laughs> it's this uh, civil rights stuff, which is there has to be like evidence to put someone on a red flag. And I understand I'm the first person yeah. that says, you know, if you don't like me, you can put me on a uh, on some kind of red flag rule because it's so wide open. I don't like him and accuse me of something. And before you know it, uh, you know, you're on a red flag list that I get that. Believe me, all of us. Who are in the in the concealed carry world? Uh, we take our our right to carry very, very, very seriously, and we raise our kids that way. And we want I never want my kids to feel helpless. And unfortunately, in this society, I don't I can't assure her I mean, that her friends don't feel that way. That her brother, not her brother, that her first cousin doesn't feel that way. Only them. I can only. Give them the confidence that they can handle themselves and their life and their well-being with a weapon and defend self-defense. And that's it. I'm not. A, I'm not from the. I'm not. Um, you know. I'm not the hunting community. I cringe at big, beautiful animals being shot at a distance. Hunting. You know. I'm not against hunting. I just. I can't see I'm me. I'm for hunting if you eat the animal. I if they uh, feed if, if me, they, if they eat the animal. I don't mind I, you shooting the deer if you feed me the deer. Sure, I can't say honestly that I will sit up in a tree or hang out in a bush all day to fire at an animal, especially those kind of animals. I feel uh, like it's a weird spiritual. I could attitude probably I have do that if it's like if I don't take. I feel like if I eat them, I'm taking response. Like yeah, I, especially if you're hungry. I, I've stopped eating red meat. Um, so it's just kind of something I feel like if you take that animal's life, you, you have a responsibility to eat it. Yeah. To eat it, yeah. I, I, I don't feel like there's anything ethically wrong with hunting. No, I, I, yeah, I if, don't. if you're eating my it, if you're person, just, if that, you're my killed. person doesn't really, uh, like it. I don't, I don't think I like to go on a hunting trip. I don't, I think it'd be pretty cool. There's some really high powered rifles. I would love to shoot to see if I'm good at targeting, especially a moving object like a deer. Or, you know, there's one animal that it's pretty cool hunting. Uh, it's wild boar because they when they when you're walking in the in the brush looking for them, you can hear when they're close to you, and you have to stand still because you don't know where the noise. I is. love pigs, but that does sound kind of exciting. Oh, I, 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 like this, I could never this, shoot a pig. Look though. at how they look at how they. This is how they sound. I love pigs. You know you're really close, and you don't know where they're at. They could be coming behind you. Now, 
What's really cool about hunting wild boar, and I haven't had enough experience at this, nor have I been I able to... I mean, they can also gore you, so it feels That's like... That's it. It feels like fair game, you know? Like, that, that, they that can kind get of, you. Yeah, it, it feels fair, because it's like if I'm shooting Bambi's mom... Bambi's yeah. mom Bambi's mom almost going to get me back but no, this boar can 300 miles away I mean 300 yards away that uh, uh, my friends do it my friends hunt and they uh, and I uh, they you know they bring back that picture of them with a big giant horns and stuff and I'm like eh. have you seen Game of Thrones you know what unfortunately I have the whole not. plot gets started because the king is gorged by a boar really yeah and who got the blame for that? Uh, his servants or something? Oh, no. Um, no. No one really got the blame, but like it, it starts the catalyst of the power vacuum. Oh, because of his death? Yeah. Oh, so, that's uh, the very beginning of the series? Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple times where I was, I was uh, watching Game of Thrones because it was on, and someone said, hey, you got to check this out, and never pulled me. I, it's, a, it's a discipline issue. It's not really a, a no, timeline or plot. It's for, for me, it's, I feel like, people are crazy now like it's something where i'm going to take the stand against society i stand alone that like everyone everyone's too wired in and they're all like because back in the day i would watch like one show at a time and then binging happened and now everyone's like watching 12 things all at once well covid did that to a lot of people and they're just keeping up with it and it's it's COVID too much really for me. changed I, a lot about how we socialize. Oh, we socialize, and people with technology today are going to be really, uh, really at at odds with wanting to be with people or wanting to be with your toys, TV, phone, computer. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is the saddest part of our society. And remember what uh, Einstein feared—that eventually. Uh, tools and technology will replace human love, sp- uh, spirit, and kindness. And I already noticed that in, in society, we uh, don't really see things for what they are. We seem to see things as we were told they are. And unfortunately, when it really happens, you're not really uh, excited or super depressed about it. Like we see murder live now. Before it was murder in a yeah. movie. Now we're seeing criminals go right up to people and shoot them right in the head. We see ISIS just lining up 10, 15 Iraqi or Afghani soldiers and shoot them I all mean, that, in the that back. That was a comeback. Back in the day in early America society time, I don't know what time period, but for a while, yeah, people would go rather around oh, and the old the West. Pub- people would gather around and watch the public hanging. Yes, absolutely. And it's going on still in the Middle East. Where they throw people off the buildings and they hang them. Right now in Iran, they they brought up a huge crane. They let everybody see the guy who was uh, leading a protest. I really feel very strongly about kind of getting off. I don't know if if I had my way, if I was supreme dictator, I would totally like for people's own well-being, not because I want to control information, but I would totally try to theoretically castrate the hold that the smartphone has over society. You see that? That's called censorship. No, but like... But you see how you just rationalize that out? But like, I think because it's done real damage to us. I mean... Well, you know who's doing that look, right look, now? Look how many... Look how Hello, many. you know who's doing that right now? China! It just came out that it's obvious that the TikTok, the TikTok that we see is not the same TikTok they see in China. Because they completely neutered all violence, sex, pornography, 
everything from there tic-tac. You, you don't see anything on tic-tac in China that you see here and vice versa. So they're, they're blowing us away with stuff. To f- they feed us stuff by just tapping on one thing and you just get more of that one thing. And over there, those, those people don't, don't see any of that, nor do they have weapons. I don't know where you got this mouth thing that he disarmed people. I'm telling you, he disarmed people. I don't know what made you think. He was a smaller army uh, invading and fighting a larger army, Kan Chai-chek's army, which was, I think, 10 times the size, and he won. So there must have been arming. He won by g- gathering a lot of the peasants on his side. Yeah, but him what also he arming them. Yeah. Arming no, but like them. a big thing that I do feel and I've seen over my lifetime with social. Yeah, for our audience sake, you see how good I changed the subject? Yeah. What's up? <laughs> I brought him right back to Mao. Yeah. But more or less what I think I've seen a lot with, with social media is kind of people going into their own private little. I don't Cocoons. Wanna, cocoons. Yeah, thank you. Much better than the word that I was about to use. A classic communist virus. Ghettos. Uh, That was was the term I was about to use. But I've really seen it a lot where... People don't realize that ghetto also means rich ghetto, poor ghetto, white ghetto, black ghetto, Chinese ghetto. Ghetto is just where same type of people stay. Yeah, I know. It's just a funnier word is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen it a lot during my time are people just retreating and retreating and a lot of stuff that I felt was really obscure or... Stuff that I hope wouldn't see the light of day in the rest of the world really gets spread really fast. Like certain attitudes of pessimism seem almost cynicism of cynicism and pessimism are really ubiquitous now. And I, I do fear you know that's... what that has a lot to do with the bad guys not getting convicted of stuff on the street and in white collar, especially I think, especially white collar. Yeah, the white collar stuff is really annoying because. What more evidence you guys want? And I'll say Biden and he'll say Trump. I get it. I know where we're going here. You know, I'll say Biden and he'll say Trump. And like they I'm caught saying like here's a perfect example. They just found out what they everybody on the left thought was true that Trump didn't pay taxes in nineteen and twenty twenty. Really? Are you surprised? Guess what? Just about the amount of money he lost at Taj Mahal, New Jersey, in that development, he can write off the billions he lost there every year for the rest of his life, and he wouldn't pay taxes. Plain and simple. Now, that he bankrupt companies, he said so in debates. And guess what? This whole obsession with releasing his tax returns, talk about changing subjects, you're going to find out an American, they'll give a damn about how much he didn't pay Most in Americans taxes. wish they could probably cheat on their taxes, too. So you're agreeing with me? I mean, I think you should be held responsible. But I You think- should find a way to pay as least taxes as possible, not the most taxes as possible. My God, they're giving you so many loopholes and deductions, and you'd be surprised what your accountant doesn't know. And I feel does- like it's one of those things the left, like how to say it, there's good optics on attacking people and bad ones. They I, got I, it wrong on this one. That's I feel like, I'm you know, like- when they called him like, oh, he's such a toxic male... Most people just kind of saw like, oh, does that mean he's masculine and cool? Which is funny because Trump can be like really queenie and prissy, which which is all to yeah. his benefit because he's he's kind of got that like sassiness to him, so he has a good bite. Okay, so it, it, it's funny. So it's like, oh, he doesn't look very alpha, but like when the press 
attacks him for being too much of a toxic male that makes him look more masculine. Yeah, I know that when we made a national spokesperson for Ace Hardware, it wasn't a successful uh, marketing campaign. We immediately had to go back to a real blue-collar person. Uh, he doesn't... The dude, the, I could not imagine that guy nailing in anything to say. Well, guess what? Uh, you're right that about... I've never seen him actually holding hammer and nailing, but he was very uh, affable with his construction workers. He was known to sit on, on, a, on a white pail bucket in a suit... Order everybody the sandwiches and sit in a construction site and eat with them and discuss the, the, the day's activities. I've heard more than one person tell me that they worked at sites that Trump developed and that he was known for going into construction sites, sitting down with them and ordering food and hanging out with the guys. And you can see that's where he got his blue collar stick to it. And people don't want to see that about him because they always perceived him to be the, uh, a rich kid. But it was first-generation rich kid. In other words, his father he saw his father make the millions, not inherit the millions. So when you see your father not being around, not going to your baseball game, not going to your football game because he's working, you become a different type of person. I know because I lived that. I remember one day where I scored like a madman in a basketball game. Everybody was pointing to me to score the final point to win the game because I was hot as a hot as a muffin. And I remember going down the court. This is in basketball. I was at the Miami-Dade County, um, Miami-Dade Community College gym. And I'll never forget to this very day, my father coming through the door with only two minutes left in the game. He came so late to the game, he didn't see this spectacular game I had. And that's when I realized, oh, now's when you come in the middle of a game. That shows you that, that I'm seriously impacted by a workaholic father who was making it in America as a first-generation Cuban immigrant. And so I know that. So I can see Trump seeing his father as a super supermarket guy who started handing out uh, check cashing to people who didn't have bank accounts to uh, developing small apartment buildings of working-class people to eventually get political ties in the Democratic Party, because they were Democrats back then, and... His big chance, he gets his big chance when uh, the the veterans' uh, loans went out to build veteran homes, I think from Korean War. And I believe old man Trump's first big development outside of that tenement-type housing developments, you know, rental apartments, was the straight-up uh, selling homes, not luxury homes, but just homes to veterans. And it was his son after graduating from private school, boarding school, the whole thing, the, the Ivy League thing. He goes, hey, Dad, I'm going primetime. Loan me some money. I'm going fi uh, Fifth Avenue. And he's the one that turned it into Tiffany Square, massive development, high-end stuff. I'm also kind of reminded on the flip side about how the Republicans try attacking Hunter Biden. Well, we're not trying. The guy's a villain. The, they just make him look cool, though. You guys make him look cool. Like I, pe I, I people see a rock star lifestyle that he's kind of living. It, 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 it's not as like. Unfortunately, they, 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 I they, don't they, agree with you one bit. You don't, but the people don't see it otherwise. I see, and then they I see, see the public, and graph. then they see a dad who stood by his son who is dealing with a drug problem. Yeah, that, that's what that, I see. That's where the that's where Biden uh, fools us all. He's um, JFK's son said it best. 
I, I think he really loves the skits for all his flaws. Hey, and he's dad got a is lot. A dad. I, I think, but yeah, Hunter but, made him but, a lot but, of money. But that was one of the things is that I think liberals had a lot of bad angles on he, attacking Trump. Here's an envelope and from a lot of JFK, JFK Jr. Okay, nineteen ninety four. Trump people attacked Biden in a bad way. I I I don't agree with you. I think, I, I, I think of you're course comp- you don't, because you don't see it. You don't see how you I made see that crack. mistake. I see public graft. I see a ripoff artist. I see a liar. I see a guy that you accused Trump of lying the other day, but you know, what the hell is Biden doing? He's making up stories. Well, Biden's a liar in his own way, but like the Here's ang- an you have to keep in mind. It's bearing optics the handwritten note to Joe Biden in 1994, postmarked Worcester, Massachusetts, to Joseph Biden, accompanying the handwritten note dated 8-26-1994, Dear Senator Biden, you are a traitor. Signed, John F. Kennedy Jr. So what did he know that we all know today? I can honestly say that back in 1994, my mind was not on Joe Biden, but I knew he was a fast-talking guy who had to drop out of the of presidential races for lying and making up stuff and, and plagiarizing. But... I thought that was cool that it came out in the most recent JFK leaks of the John F. Kennedy assassination. So this letter was dated. I want to do a show August on the, I want to do a show on the November twenty third, and I want to call out some people in some days. Okay, well, a, there's a lot November twenty second, twenty second about the day. Yeah. And you want to call out what? Uh, you've done some research on the JFK? Oh, there, 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 there's, there's so a, much. There's a lot to uncover. Oh, man, that, that is probably, like, I want to say the craziest thing that, like, we just have not really covered. That we Like, not us, you and I, but, like, as a country. Yeah. Like, we all smell it. We all smell what's in the air. We all, we have a pretty good idea what's happened. That it wasn't Cuba, it was the CIA. Yeah. 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 That's a drop. That's a drop the mic moment. Yeah. We're done for the day. I think we're going to see you guys again after Christmas on the twenty sixth and beyond. And we're going to keep this up here on Blink Radio, Key Biscayne. I get. I can't tell you how fortunate Blink Radio is that I have finally found someone who enjoys this as much as I do politically, and to be opposite of me politically, and represents. The future of America's left as Alejandro, I, I, the I radio say, socialist. I want to say thank you for having me on, and thank you for giving me a chance to air my feelings unfiltered. How about that? How about them apples? What's up? And also, another blessing was that we met in the way we met, which is just him speaking up. I spoke up because I always was speaking up. And I was talking he to was someone. really else. loud at the bottom of the diner. <laughs> at the bottom of you the donut gallery diner. <laughs> yes. So in, in, in name of the donut gallery, may you always have this special place in my heart that's called the Ted Corner, which is where I was sitting, where I've been sitting since Ted passed away. I've been sitting in his seat. And Alejandro spoke up, and, and I thank God he wasn't correcting me, but... He was letting me know that he knew what I was talking about. And look, it ended up manifested on the radio, on Blink Radio. Over the hills and far away we come with 
The Young and Old Show. See you after Christmas. Take care and stay free, folks. See ya. If you like our programming on WSQF 94.5 in Key Biscayne, you can also hear us very far away nationwide, WSQFradio.com. And if you like our audio files and our subject matter, subscribe to YouTube, Mac on the Rock Rampage. Take care and stay free.